in every sphere of life and among the very crucial things in life is that a person's dealings his business how he conducts himself in earning his living as far as earning one's living is concerned engaging in business engaging in some work some job some profession and this is something everybody does whether the person is a muslim so he also engages in these things because allah tbaraka wa taala has made this an obligation for him talabul halali faridatun ba'd al farida that to earn a halal living is an obligation but after the other obligations of deen that the sequence is very important that first and foremost is the obligations that Allah Taala has placed in terms of the faraiz person salah his zakat and all the various other obligations of deen but then thereafter in sequence is also the obligation of earning a halal living so a muslim also earns and somebody without iman also earns a yahudi also earns a hindu a christian whoever he may be an atheist also earns but the earning of a muslim and the earning of somebody else is worlds apart a muslim his own his entire mindset his objectives his purpose is totally distinct from somebody who is without iman somebody without iman the yahud for example business becomes their life and the person doesn't have something in business to do then his life is not worth living and therefore if something goes haywire with his business if it fails then his life is also in failure and because business becomes the object of his life for earning or a profession or a job or whatever the case is becomes the object of his life so anything and everything goes there is no restriction there is no consideration for the next person there is no consideration for whether the next person lives or dies my pocket must get full my balance must get bigger my portfolio must grow more so that becomes their purpose in life 
But a mu'min is somebody totally distinct. He's distinct in every aspect. He's distinct in his ibadat. He's distinct in his mu'asharat, his social life. You look at the wedding of a Muslim and the wedding of a non-Muslim, two totally distinct things, worlds apart. Well, that's how it's supposed to be. If you look at the funeral of a Muslim and the funeral of a disbeliever, worlds apart. And likewise, in between that birth and death, in terms of a person's earnings also, how he goes about it, it's worlds apart. Those who don't have Iman, they earn for the sake of earning. And a mu'min earns for some other purpose. So what is his purpose? What is his mindset? What is his objective? So this is something that Allah wa ta'ala has given us clear direction and guidance in the Quran Sharif. And Nabi has opened this out for us in the Ahadith. And this is what we need to understand that what is our direction, what is our guidance. In one hadith, Nabi Wasallam gives us this direction where Allah's Nabi Wasallam says that man talabat dunya halalan wasa'yan man talabat dunya halalan isti'fafan anil mas'ala wasa'yan ala ahlihi wata'attufan ala jarihi laqiya Allah ta'ala wabajhuhu kal qamari laylatal badr that the person who earns a living, but what kind of living? This is the first part of a mu'min's mindset. Man dunya halalan. That the first thing he is concerned about is that it must be halal. If it is not halal, he is not touching it. That's the primary thing that he will look at first. Is it halal? And why is this his primary concern? Because if it's haram going to come in his system, the Nabi Islam says that Ayyuma lahmin nabata min suhtin fannaru awlabih Aw kama qala Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam That that body which is nourished by haram Then the fire of Jahannam is more worthy of this body So he doesn't want to be anywhere close to the fire of Jahannam So therefore he doesn't want to touch haram Then he understands that if haram comes into his system Then what goes in is what comes out And therefore Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Address the Anbiya Alayhi his chosen messengers. And he said to them, Ya ayyuhar rusulu kulu mina tayyibati wa amalu saliha. O you who believe, O you messengers, O the Rasuls of Allah Ta'ala, eat what is pure and do righteous actions. The lesson in this, both these things being mentioned side by side is that consuming what is totally halal will become a means of righteous actions. And if a person is consuming haram, then that is going to produce haram actions. Because his blood is now going to be produced from haram food. And that blood is going to nourish the heart. So the haram food is nourishing the blood. That haram blood, so to say, is nourishing the heart. And the heart is the king. Haram thoughts are now going to flood through this heart. So his first priority and concern is that what am I earning? Is it halal? If it's not halal, I don't want it. It can be a very lucrative deal. It can be promising a million in a moment. It's not halal, I don't want it. And Allah Ta'ala declares this very openly in the Quran Sharif. That say to them very openly and clearly, 
that halal and haram is not equal. What is haram is something else. What is halal is totally different. Even if the abundance of haram, it amazes you, it fascinates you, dazzles your eyes, you get very, very astonished with it. MashaAllah, it seems so much. But that's not MashaAllah, that's inna lillah. That is la hawla wa la quwata illa billah. That if it is haram, I don't want to touch it. So this is the first thing about a Muslim's outlook, a Muslim's objective, a Muslim's purpose, that he doesn't want to touch anything that is not halal. He doesn't want to touch anything that is haram. Anything that is doubtful also he doesn't have anything to do with. In order to make sure that it is halal only, what will he do? He will make sure he learns what are the masail of business. What are the masail pertaining to his job? The masail pertaining to his profession? So that what he is doing is correct. Otherwise often it happens, a person is doing some transaction and then he will discuss it in passing and then he will say, well, I, mashallah, I clinched a very good deal. What it is now, I invested so much and I will be getting 10% profit. So what kind of investment is this that gives you 10% profit? This is purely an interest based transaction. What you are earning is interest, is haram. He says, no, but I put it in business. When you put it in business, are you sharing what is actual profits? That if the actual profits are after the whole exercise 10 rands, and if you want to get 10%, you'll get 1 rand. And if the actual profits are 1 billion, you'll get, one, you'll get 10% of 1 billion. Say, no, 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 I'll get 10% of the 100,000 I put in. So that is purely interest. That is 100%, not 10%, 100% interest. Now if a person doesn't know the Masail, he doesn't know what is right and wrong, he'll be thinking he's doing the right thing, but he'll be consuming haram. And when a person is consuming haram, haram is like poison. It doesn't matter whether that poison was consumed knowingly or in, mis- error, in a mistake, in error. Poison is poison. If the person consumed the poison in error, it's still poison. It's still going to do his harm. Yes, there won't be any sin because it was in error. So there won't be any sin. But if a person neglected to find out that itself is sinful, that's not an excuse not to know what is right and wrong. So in any case, this is the first thing. He will not deceive anybody. One person, Nabi Salaam, passed by. He was selling some grain. And it had rained the night before. So he put the dry grain on top. Because somehow before he could cover it, some grain got wet. Now when the grain is wet, it doesn't have the same value because it's going to go off quicker. So he put some dry grain on top. So if somebody asks for one kilo, he will weigh one kilo out of it. Now some one kilo, some dry and some wet will all get mixed up in it and get weighed. So Nabi Sallallahu put his hand into that heap of grain and he felt it, it was wet inside. He asked him, what is this? He says, no, last night it rained, so I put the dry grain on top. Nabi Sallallahu says, The person who deceives is not among us. He's somebody else. So now a person who's concerned about halal, he'll be concerned about I'm not deceiving anybody. I will not do anything which I will not want to be done to me also. If I have to buy something and later on I discover somebody removed the date, would I be happy about it? Then I won't do it myself also. Because if there's an element of deception in it, it's out of the question. So this is the first thing about a mu'min. That his conscience will not allow him to touch anything that is not correct. That is not halal. Then together with that, he has high objectives. 
He doesn't earn for the sake of earning. He doesn't live for the sake of business. Like the Yahud, for example, they live for business. Like some people eat to live. Others love to eat. So the same story in earning also. Some earn to live. And some people live so that they can keep earning. But how long? Life is ticking away. So a person has, a mu'min has higher objectives. The first thing Nabi Islam explains in this hadith is, Man talabat dunya halalan isti'ifafan anil mas'ala. That he is earning halal, and his main objective firstly after halal is, that he doesn't want to stretch his hand in front of somebody else. He doesn't want to be a beggar. So he is earning in order to save himself from begging. So mashallah, very noble thing. Because to beg from others is not a good thing at all. So this is his first objective. After halal, making sure it's halal. Then together with that, وَسَعْيًا ala ahlihi, And to be able to take care of the needs of his family. So Allah Ta'ala has made this his responsibility. And that too, Allah Ta'ala didn't restrict him that best barely make sure you just give them this bread and water. No, if you can afford it in a halal way, you're earning it. You are not doing anything out of line. And you can afford some luxuries, some comforts, by all means. What is within the limits of Sharia and Deen? You can afford that, no problem. Allah Ta'ala didn't forbid a person from that also. But primarily halal. That is the main thing. And in the process, he's not bringing somebody else down. That he's enjoying the luxury and comfort but he's making the credit his weight. Because Matanul Ghani Yulmun, the person who has the funds and the ability to pay his creditors, and he is not doing so, he's enjoying the comforts. He's flying around the world. Allah Nabi Islam says this is Zulm. This is oppression. And a Zulmu Zulumatun Yawm al Qiyamah. Zulm will become a means of great difficulty on the day of Qiyamah. So in any case, this is his first objective. Mantalabad dunya halalan. Istifafan anil masala wa sa'yan ala ahlihi and to take care of his family's needs. But he doesn't want to just worry about himself. And to be compassionate and kind to his neighbor also. That he lives and he lets live. He is somebody who eats but he cares and shares and cares also. That he's worried about others as well. And his neighbor is not only his next door neighbor. Hassan Basri Rahmatullah says that 40 doors away is still the neighbor. And that is the immediate need. That is the immediate concern of his. Then it continues till the end of the world. To the extent of his capacity. What he can manage. How much he can share. But his concern will be beyond himself. He won't be concerned about three people only. Me, myself and I. The three people, me, myself and I. Some say it's already like a crowd. No place for anybody else. So, he is somebody who has this, some concern for more than himself. He'll take care of his family. He'll take care of his neighbors. He'll take care of others, of the orphans, of the needy, of the widows, of people who are in desperation. People who don't have even the bare necessities of life. People who are going to bed without having eaten anything. So can this be the way of a mu'min that his belly is full and somebody in his community went to bed hungry? If he knows about it, it is not possible. So in any case, this will be his mindset. This will be his way. This will be how he will conduct himself. And on the other side, the beast also gives us the flip side of the coin as well. Aman talabat dunya halalan. Person who is earning halal. 
But because of so much of interaction with people without Iman, so much of interaction with people who don't have the true objectives of life, so he too, as we say nowadays, this new coin, new terminologies that get coined, he too lost the plot. So when he lost the plot, his objectives got changed. His objectives got changed. He's earning halal. He's not earning haram. A mu'min doesn't touch haram. He's earning halal, but he lost the plot in terms of why. So Nabi Islam says, Man talabat dunya halalan, mukathiran, muraiyan, laqi Allah wa huwa alihi ghadban. The person who earns halal. But why is he earning? So that he can just keep amassing. So that he can have that purpose must be that it must just keep growing and so that he can have a certain position in society so that it gives him a certain prestige he can be driving something that will give him greater honor so to say no harm in driving a good vehicle but not for the sake of making it a status symbol or to be able to live in a certain lifestyle which will allow him to be mixing in certain level of society if that becomes the objective Nabi Islam says, Laqi Allah wa huwa alihi ghadban, he'll come on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala will be displeased with him. So this is a mu'min's objective, that he's first and foremost concerned about halal. And when he's concerned about halal, he'll learn what is halal and haram. And then he will conduct himself in the way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. And together with that, he will have these higher objectives. A mu'min, thereafter, is not concerned so much about the numbers as much as he concer- he is concerned about barakat. One is kasrat. Kasrat means an abundance. But more than kasrat, he is concerned about barakat. If there is barakat in that earning, then even a little will go far away. That little will also be very productive. That little will also bring peace and happiness and sukoon. It will also become a means of great goodness in that home in that person's life and all his needs inshallah will get fulfilled but if there's an abundance and there's no barakat in it then the more it may be the greater the difficulty will become if there's an abundance with barakat mashallah nurun ala nur but the issue is barakat just to understand what this barakat is all about one hadith Nabi Wasallam describes one person from the previous ummads Nabi Wasallam is explaining to the sahaba ikram this barakat and he said to them, there was one person, so his father became very old, very ill. So he said to his brothers, that look, let's make an, a deal, we come to an agreement that I will take care of the father, I will make his khidmat, I will do everything that is required for him, and you keep the estate. When he passes away, let's say estate is yours. And alternately, if you want to, then you take care of him, you care for him, you nurse him, but when he passes away, I'll take the estates. It's your choice. So they thought this person, something is wrong with him. This is an ajeeb choice. Very well, you keep, you do the khidmat, you nurse him, you take care of him, we'll keep the estates. The best of both worlds. So in any case, he carried on. He served the father, looked after him, nursed him, took care of him. Time went on. Eventually, the father passed away. When the father passed away, this was his agreement. So he gave the whole estate away. He kept nothing. Because that was what he himself made the deal. Now he's down and out. And he spent his whole life, the last 
few years looking after his father so he didn't have any time to do anything for himself. So now he was in really desperate circumstances. Now one day he sees a dream. Nabi Islam is explaining to the Sahaba that he sees a dream that in a certain place there are hundred dinars, hundred gold coins. This is for you, you can go and take it. So he immediately asks in his dream to the person that is saying it to him that is there barakat in these hundred gold coins? Hundred gold coins, in our understanding hundred Kruger rands. Is there barakat in it? He says, no, there is no barakat in it. He says, no, I don't want it. Then he wakes up in the morning, he remembers his dream, so he says to his wife, this is what I dreamt. So she says to him, go and bring it please. What barakat are you talking about? We don't have enough food to eat. At least we'll have something decent to eat, something decent to wear. What barakat are you talking about? He says, no, if there's no barakat, I don't want it. The next night he sees a dream again. There's ten dinars in the same place. You want to take it. He asks immediately, is there barakat in it? No, no barakat. I don't want it. The next morning again, the same conversation with his wife. He says, no, but I don't want to touch it. There's no barakat, I don't want it. The third night again, he sees a dream. There's one dinar left now, one gold coin. It was hundred. But when there was no barakat in it, he didn't want it. He wanted barakat. Now there's only one left. So immediately the same question again. Is there barakat in it? He said, yes, there's barakat in it. Next morning he wakes up. He remembers the description given to him in the dream. He goes, he finds that as explained. In an open place, not in anybody's private property. So this was unseen help from Allah Ta'ala. Now there's one dinar, there was hundred offered to him, there was ten offered to him, I got one. But he wanted barakat. So any case now he's returning with this one dinar home, and on the way somebody is selling two fish. So he asks how much are these two fish, they say one dinar. He says, well I don't have food to eat, give me the two fish. One dinar, he spent it. And he came home with two fish. And he was offered hundred dinars, now he's coming home with two fish. Any case now they split the fish to clean the belly of the fish. In each one there is a priceless pearl. Now who put the pearl inside? Allah Ta'ala put it inside. Allah Ta'ala is a provider. So two priceless pearls. Any case now he got this. Allah Ta'ala is the control of hearts. Allah Ta'ala put it in the heart of the king of the time. That I need to buy a pearl. Something that is unique. So he sent his people out, find one unique pearl and come. So they came around to this person somehow and he offered it to them. Eventually the price was fixed for 30 mule loads of gold. 30 mule loads of gold and they took the one pearl and went. Now the king when he received it, he saw it, this is something I haven't seen before in my life. Now Allah Ta'ala is a control of hearts. Allah Ta'ala put it in his heart. That this pearl as unique as it is, it doesn't look right on its own, it needs a pair. Now why does a pearl need a pair? It's not an, some animal needs a partner or something. But why does it need a, Allah Ta'ala put it in his heart. Now you must have another one. So he said, look, go and find another one like this, even if you have to pay double the price. So eventually they come again looking for him. They say, you have another one. Even if you want to, double the price, we're ready for it. Double the price, yes, another 60 mule loads of gold. So that, one dinar brought 90 mule loads of gold. Why? Because there was barakat in it. That barakat won't always come in such a dramatic way. It won't always come in the form of where you can count the numbers. But the barakat will come sometimes in this way, sometimes it will come in the production. 
that that little will take a person far. That little will bring happiness. That little will become a means of production for deen, for dunya also, for deen as well. That little will make his akhirat. Now this is what a mu'min aspires for. And this is how a mu'min conducts himself. These are his objectives. And he's all the time concerned that Allah Ta'ala must not become displeased with me. He is concerned about the day of Qiyamah. And this is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the ayat of the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, Rijalun. These are men. These are real people. Rijalun. La tulhihim tijaratu wala bay'un. An zikrillah. Wa iqamis salah. Wa ita'is zakah. That they are not made unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. They are not made unmindful of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. What is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala? Primarily this is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. That business, trade, buying and selling, commerce, earning their livelihood, their profession, their job, it does not make them unmindful of Allah Ta'ala, of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Wala bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqam salah And establishing their salah. That they won't make their business work around, they won't make salah work around their business. And let us see how we can adjust it. Maybe today before time, today after time, maybe today qaza Allah forbid. No, no. Business will work around salah. That this is fixed. This is salah time. Business will have to happen around it. The job will have to happen around it. This is how they conduct themselves. Rijalun. La tulhihim tijaratun. Wala bay'un an dhikrillah. Wa iqamis salah. Wa ita'is zakah. And the zakat is due. They are ready for that. These are just two highlights. Because this is the summary of the whole deen so their business, their livelihood their job, their profession doesn't come in the way of salah doesn't come in the way of any command of Allah Ta'ala reason they are afraid of that day when hearts and eyeballs will overturn the day of qiyamah all the time the person is conscious I have to answer to Allah Ta'ala on the day of qiyamah so therefore I have to conduct myself clearly, correctly so when a person conducts himself in this way, then Allah Ta'ala infuses barakat in that earnings. Then whatever comes, it will come with barakat. And when there's barakat, then everything is good for a person. Allah Ta'ala grant you and I the understanding of deen, enable us to conduct ourselves in a way that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us. This requires that we learn, we acquire the correct ilm, we acquire the strength of iman. Because it is the strength of iman that is eventually going to be the guiding light. Let's take this and leave this. This is on, this is out. That strength of Iman will make a person be able to apply that knowledge, knowledge correctly. And for that we have to be in the environments of deen, in the gatherings of deen, in the effort of deen. This is what will take us ahead. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah.